Hello and welcome to episode one of Understanding Smart. In this episode, we are going to be looking at the beginning of SMART's sensations and brain processes piece and focusing on the four hypotheses that he puts forward to begin his uh, discussion around sensations and brain processes. So the first thing that SMART establishes is looking at what he calls an after image. And an after image is an impression of a vivid image retained by the eye after the stimulus has ceased. So it is that uh, an example would be if you have a photo being taken by a camera with a flash, it flashes and afterwards you seem to still have this bright glow um, or see patches of colours if you look uh, at a wall or blink too much. So, you know, the example of if you again looked up at the light, um, and stared at it for a little while and then blinked, you would have that uh, optical element of seeing a glowing area um, still within your visual space. So it's kind of, a, I guess, a bit of an optical illusion where the image or the glow continues to appear after you've been exposed to that glow and light itself. Um, so Smart refers to this after image uh, example quite a bit throughout his piece. And he's establishing here it as something that is yellowish towards its edge and is orange towards its centre and blurry edged and roundish. So that's sort of how he summarises what he's seeing for this example. And then he questions, what is it that I am reporting? So what's going on with this after image? What is it? Uh, at which point uh, Smart considers four hypotheses. So the first two, uh, we are really just going to brush over quite quickly um, because uh, when Smart goes on to discuss and reject these two hypotheses, it's actually been cut out of the set readings. So we're not going to spend too much of a close study or detailed assessment of the first two. But the first one, he says, one answer to this question might be that I'm not reporting anything. So perhaps he's suggesting that when we see an after image, it's really nothing. Um, Similarly to when we say ooh or ah or wince uh, when we're in pain, uh, it's just us experiencing pain. Uh, it doesn't actually describe anything. It's just a reaction. So this is known as the expressionist, expressionist view, and it's the idea that the after image is perhaps reporting nothing. We then move on to his second hypothesis which is suggesting that similarly to say I am in pain may be to do more than replace pain behaviour. It may be partly to report something, though it is something is quite non-mysterious, being an agitation condition and so susceptible of behavioristic analysis. So this is his second hypothesis that Smart puts forward, and this one focuses on the theory of behaviourism. So perhaps we are exhibiting a behavioural reaction that we are in a condition for bringing about this behaviour after seeing the after image or crying out in pain. So we're really just reporting a element of our behaviour when we see the after image. So as I said, SMART um, has these first two hypotheses and we aren't going to focus any further on them than that uh, as they only show up here in his introduction and are not part of the main set reading. 
We then move on to the third hypothesis. So the suggestion I wish, if possible, to avoid is a different one, namely that I am in pain is a genuine report and that what it reports is an irreducibly psychical something. And similarly, the suggestion I wish to resist is also that to say I have a yellowish-orange afterimage is to report something irreducibly psychical. So here are some new terms that we will need to learn. Irreducibly means unable to be reduced or simplified. And psychical means relating to the psyche or consciousness or the mind or the soul. Uh, they're a little bit interchangeable, but the idea that it relates to those areas. So irreducibly psychical something means that it's unable to be reduced or simplified and it maintains and means the down to the psyche, consciousness, mind or soul. So Smart is suggesting here as his third hypothesis that perhaps when we report an after image, we're reporting an irreducibly psychical something. That is something that is purely spiritual or of the mind, can't be translated into physical laws, um, doesn't fit with the material world, and really aligns more with the dualist idea. So the idea that experiencing an after image is a mental event. However, you can tell that Smart doesn't want to accept this hypothesis. He says things like, I wish to avoid if possible, um, I wish to resist. So he doesn't like the hypothesis of dualism that we are reporting on a irreducibly psychical something when we talk about an after image. Smart then moves on to ask why he wants, well, answer the question as to why he wishes to resist this suggestion of a irreducibly psychical something being the answer to what a after image is. And he says mainly because of Occam's razor. So as already discussed, Occam's razor is the simplest explanation is often the best. And it Smart says, it seems to me that science is increasingly giving us a viewpoint whereby organisms are able to be seen as psychochemical mechanisms. It seems that even the behaviour of man himself will one day be explicable in mechanicalist terms. So this is Smart's fourth and final hypothesis, having established that he wants to just resist the dualist point of view of it being irreducibly psychical something by stating that it doesn't fit with Occam Razor's idea and that ultimately our uh, understanding of science has developed where it seems that even every behaviour of a man could someday be understood in mechanical neuroscientific terms. So this fourth hypothesis is focusing on that perhaps when we talk about an after image we are really reporting on a process of the brain. That an after image or expressions of pain are material events that are related to the mechanisms of our physical body. That the mental event of seeing an after image or the experience of feeling pain and the relationship to the brain process it causes are one and the same thing. There is no distinct difference between uh, it. And Smart uh, ventures to prove this fourth hypothesis by stating, there does seem to be, so far as science is concerned, nothing in the world but increasingly complex arrangements of physical constituents, all except for one place, the consciousness.
So SMART is acknowledging that there is a ongoing increasing link between science and its discoveries, but ultimately science hasn't completely explained the link between physical processes and states of consciousness, that there's still a scientific gap in our understanding about how we can correlate our mental states to our physical states. But ultimately, SMART says further down that everything should be explicable in terms of physics except the occurrence of sensations seems to me to be frankly unbelievable. So ultimately, if we go back to Occamath Razor and the very extensive discoveries we've made in science already so far, it is just not believable that everything could be understood by physics and by science except sensations and the consciousness. It makes no sense, uh, according to SMART, uh, that we have just this one place, the consciousness, that isn't uh, being described in physical uh, elements or components. So he's really setting up here the idea that it seems, as he puts it, frankly unbelievable that we could have a separate mental state of consciousness, of the mind, when everything else can be described in physical, scientific terms. Smart then goes on to use probably one of his more famous terminologies, although he has borrowed it from another philosopher, looking at the idea of how sensations could be nomological danglers if they were to be separate from our understanding of the physical attributes of our body and our world. So a nomological, nomological means something resembling general laws, especially laws that lack logical necessity or theoretical underpinning. They just are law-like. So they're relating to laws, especially laws of nature. So uh, SMART here is saying that if sensations cannot be explained in physical terms, they would become nomological danglers, which means they would be entities that could not be explained by the laws of nature or science. And this, again, doesn't align with the Occam razor idea. Having the senses separate doesn't make any sense if everything else can be explained with uh, laws relating to nature or science. Um, it just doesn't seem plausible, according to SMART, that everything would be able to be explained in the way of laws of in the way and laws of nature or of science, except this one thing we call consciousness and the mind. So nomological danglers is something that is external or separate or couldn't be explained by the laws of nature or science. And if we go down further, Smart says, such ultimate laws would be nothing so far known to science. So this idea that if they were separate, it would be nothing that we can currently comprehend or understand in science, which just makes no sense. There really shouldn't be anything that is over and above physical phenomena that is the basis for everything, so how could it not be the basis for our consciousness? So Smart also says here, certainly we are pretty sure in the future to come across new ultimate laws of a novel type, but I expect them to relate simple 
constituents. For example, whatever ultimate particles are then in vogue. I cannot believe that ultimate laws of nature could relate simple constituents to configurations consisting of perhaps billions of neurons and goodness knows how many billion, billions of ultimate particles, all put together for all the world as though their main purpose in life was to be a negative feedback mechanism of a complicated sort. So here again he's acknowledging that, you know, in the future we may discover new um, laws of nature or new elements of science or new particles of uh, understanding when it comes to our world and ourselves. But it seems uh, unbelievable again that we would have these elements be discovered and have them be completely different and completely negative to everything that we already know about the way uh, our neurons work and things like our atoms work. Um, again, it's just highlighting by SMART how um, implausible it seems that something just like the consciousness would be separate to everything else we know and understand in the physical universe in relation to nature and science. And Smart finishes off this section by pointing out his main reasoning for this piece, that in any case it is the object of this paper to show that there are no philosophical arguments which compel us to be dualists. So that's his ultimate reason for writing this piece of work, to show that there's no reason or arguments that would justify believing in dualist um, theories.